Welcome to Live Daf, your online Daf Yomi Shir. Shalom Aleichem and welcome back to today's Daf, Saita Daf Gimel. We are on the fourth line on Gimel Amar Aleph. Tanya Hoya Rabbi Meir Omer. Rabbi Meir used to teach us as follows. Adam Iver, Avera Beseser. Even if one commits a sin in private, thinking that nobody will know about it. Hashem then goes and publicizes it for all to know. Here we have an Isha who's straying, thinking that it's going to remain a secret. Pasuk says, That this husband will now go ahead and get involved and warn her. And the Lashen Va'avar, says the Gemara, refers to publicizing her sin. Avara refers to a public spectacle. Everybody knows it's been announced publicly. And Rashi explains that Hashem puts, puts it into his heart, into the heart of her husband, to get involved, to do kinui, and that becomes misparsim begoli, says Rashi, becomes revealed and known to all. We find that Avara refers to announcement. Moshe announced, stop bringing the uh, donations for the Mishkan. So Va'avar Olav Ruachkina indicates that it's something public, something known to all. A person will only be tempted to do Avera LMK Nichnas Bayrach Shetus. It only works if a person is possessed by this spirit of silliness, thinking that he can, you know, still be an Erlich while doing something inappropriate. You can have both together. It doesn't work. That's the Ruach Shtus. And that causes a person to sin Shanemar, as the Pasuk says. Ish, ish, ki siste ishte. A wife will stray. Siste ksiv. It says it with a a sin which can be read like a shin. Sishta can be broken down into sishta, like shaita. The only reason why she's tempted is because of this silly spirit which confuses a person. Tanad Veda So the following b'risa was learned in the Besmedish of Rabbi Yishmur. Why is it so? Typically, in order to incriminate somebody, we need two witnesses. Why is Saita different? As we learned yesterday, once the Isha got into the Kinoi Stira track, once once that happens, even if just one aide will come and say, well, I actually witness that actual inappropriate behavior, an aid of Tumah, which follows the kingdom of Astira, is Naaman, he's believed, and she's now Usr forever. You can't even give her the uh, Meisaita to verify uh, her uh, her status, because the aid Echad gave Eidos about the Aver. Why? Why is an aid Echad Naaman? Typically we need two. The answer is here, it's different, it's totally different than your typical situation. You have full suspicion. You have grounds to suspect that in fact something happened. 
She's already gone through the stage of Kinui. She was warned. And then she was Nistra. That's been confirmed. And on top of that, there's an aid who's sort of confirming that she in fact sinned. And that's why we believe him. This is something unique out of the ordinary. So this Pasuk, which tells us that even one aid is believed, is only because it's based on Kinu and Stiro. But look at the Pasuk closely. Where does the Pasuk mention Kinu? Husband getting involved and warning. It's after the Pasuk already mentions that she went into hiding, that she was involved in Tumor through the uh, report to us through the Eid And afterwards it says, he does kina, Which seems to indicate that the Eid is believed even without the husband's kina. You're telling me it's only based on kina vestir. Amalei. Abai responds. True. In terms of the order of the Psukim, it's mentioned later. But, it says, Va'avar olav ruach kina. Va'avar is a reference to a past event. Ukvar avar, in the past. He had already forewarned his wife. So that was stage one. Proceeded to stage two, which is the stira. And ultimately there was an eid echad for the tumah. He's namad because of the raglaim ladavar, because his firm basis. To suspect in a fact, it happened. So va'avar is a reference to something in the past. El if that's the case, what about va'avar lochem kol chalutz? Moshe Rabbeinu is instructing the Shevet God, the Shevet Reuven, you know, I'm giving you this plot across the yarding, but you're meant to go help out when your brothers are at war. Va'avar lochem kol chalutz, all your troops will go over. And it says va'avar, have already gone? Well, he's still before the fact. He's telling them in advance. There as well, Vavar is something in the past, as you're telling me over here by the Saita. Vavar means something that already happened. The answer is, Hosam over there inevitably means something else. Typically, Vavar is something of the past. But over there, the Pasa continues, look, you know, when. Uh, you'll go help them and the land will be captured and then you'll come back and that's something which hadn't yet happened. So it's clear, that although it uses the word Ba'avar, which typically is a reference to a past event, over there it's something in the future. As opposed to over here by If in fact you'll take the Psukim literally as per their order, it wouldn't really make sense because Va'avar will be basar tumah v'stira. So he'll be gripped by this the spirit and you know, go warn his wife. And this is after it already happened. She was uh, saiser, she was tummy. What's the point? Kinu what's the point of warning her at this late stage? It's too late. So it's clear that although the term va'avar kinu is ascribed after the kinu, the um, stira v'tumah, of course, it's a reference to a past event. And the proper order is Kino Yistira, followed up by a possible Eidos of Tumah. A person only proceeds with Kino if he's gripped by this spirit. Shanama Ba'avar Ruach Kino. 
as a result of a ruach which imbues him with that spirit, with that motivation to do it. Now, my ruach, what exactly is this ruach? Is it something positive? Is embarking on this, you know, this journey of kinivastira considered something positive and recommended? Or is it something to be avoided, as we learned yesterday, based on the first word of al-Masechta, it's not something, it's not something we recommend to create strife and animosity by doing it so, you know, publicly and officially. So which way is it? Ruach is positive or negative? Is it the Yetzir Toiv or is it the Yetzir masquerading and pretending to be the Yetzir Toiv? So Rabbanon Amri Ruach Tumo. Rabbanon maintain it's something negative. Ravashi Amar Ruach Tahara. It's a positive, inspirational spirit seizing him and inspiring him to do it. Because he wants uh, his family to be uh, says the Gemara in fact it is probable that we follow the other sheet of Ruach Tahara that it's something positive because we find two Tanoim who hold that way as opposed to Tan of al who of course disagrees but right now we have a Braisa which seems to hold that it's something good the Sanya this Lashen, Vekinias Ishtoi. Is it something that he's supposed to be doing? Is it obligatory? Is he allowed to do it? Rishos, it's something which is optional. He can do it if he wants. He can embark on this journey of Kinia Vestir. Direi Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Shmuel holds it's Rishos. It's not a Chiv. It's not an obligation. If he chooses, he can go do it. Rabbi Kibay Mechayva, it's obligatory. You see something inappropriate, you have to address it. So it's clear that both Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva hold that something recommended, something positive. The question is, you know, to what degree? But it's certainly not something frowned upon, right? So this works well if the Ruach, the Pasuk is describing is a positive Ruach. Shaper. Then it's consistent with these two Shittas. But if it's something negative, Rushus V'chayva. Ruach is it? possible that it's obligatory or it's optional, it's something that we recommend that a person should absorb and confirm and acknowledge this Ruach HaTumah apparently it's considered positive, uh, a positive Ruach Ruach Tahara Kufa, let's go back to this Machlekes between Rabbi Shmuel who says Rishos Rabbi Kiva holds Chayva and actually we're going to find the same achlekes in three instances regarding three halachas in the Torah. So number one was kinoi of an isha. Here comes another halacha. So again, gufa kin v'kinias ishta rishus. That's a rishmo. Did rishmo or kiva imachayva? Next machlekes lo yitama. A kain may not engage in a mace, except if it's a close relative. Pasuk says lo yitama. If it's a sister or a close relative, he can go and involve himself in bearing the mace. Is it a chiyuv? Or is it just an allowance? We allow him to do it. Rishos. It's allowed, but not obligatory. Divrei, whose sheet is this? Rabbi Yishmael. Rabbi Kivayimah, chayva. It's a chiyuv. You must go do it. You have a special responsibility to a close relative. Go ahead and bury the mace. Next machlekes, regarding owning a slave. 
you can go ahead and enslave a Goisha slave. Rishos, you're allowed to do it. It's a chiv, you're not allowed to release a slave once you own it. So we have three machlekes. It's Rabbi Shmuel who says Rishos, Rekiva says Chayva, one is Saita, number two is the Tumma of a Karev, for a Kayin, number three, owning an Ebed. There's a reason why there's machlekes, specifically in these three places, based on the pesukim. So typically, when there's a mitzvah, of course it's a chiyuv, but here it's different. Why? Let's focus on soita first. The pasuk says v'kinias ishtei rishus. We see it's just a rishus. My time at the rishmal. Why does he say it's only rishus? Because he follows the sheet of the following town and the sanyin. After the Torah tells us, warns us against harboring. Animosity towards our fellow Jew. One is not allowed to harbor any ill feelings towards his brother, the Israel. Perhaps it applies even to a husband who's going to instigate this uh, tension in his family, in his marriage, by um, addressing his wife's apparent misdeeds, suspecting of wrongdoing, being mekaner, which can create this reciprocal reciprocal, you know, uh, effect in the relationship. Perhaps that's uh, also because it creates sin amongst the couple. Tamalema, the pastor says, no, here it's different. If you have reason to suspect, we have to address it, to rectify it. Tamalema, ba'avar alav ruach kina, and you're allowed to do it. Don't think it's also, no, v'kini as ishtoi. So you need a pastor to allow it. That's where Rishmal is coming from. It's not a chiv. You would think it's Asr. The Pasuk says it's Mutter. Rebbe Kiva, who disagrees, who holds that it's a chiv, perhaps it's just an allowance. How do you know it's more than that? Kina Echunexiv. Pasuk mentions Kina twice. Varavalav Ruach Kina, and again Varavalav Ruach Kina. So, why the repetition? One is to allow it. Don't think it's Asr, it's Mutter. And the second one is to make it a chiv. Rabbi Shmuel, how does he respond to the repetition in the Pasuk? Well, I did the Bayil Mikhtav. The Pasuk needed to present, you know, both possibilities. She did something wrong. And then say, perhaps she didn't do something wrong. She's innocent. So, the Pasuk just chooses to repeat the same Lashon twice. But it isn't necessarily teaching us more than that. So the Torah chose to repeat the full phrase again. He warned her, just in case she did become tummy. He warned her, well, maybe she didn't become tummy. But there is no special lesson in that repetition. Look at the Torah. Did it be small? As Bishmol taught us elsewhere. Sometimes you have that. A repetition which isn't really meant to be delved into. The Torah did it be small, called Parsha. Sometimes you have a a section of the Chumash, teaching us a, a certain you know concept, and then Venishness, it's repeated again because the second time around, 
more details were added. So that's the reason for repetition. So sometimes it can come along with more words than necessary. It sort of repeats the whole thing all over again. You know, uh, to provide symmetry. The reason for the repetition is just because it includes no details. Therefore, don't make any... The uh, Yukim, don't take any lesson from the fact that the Torah repeats the idea of kinah twice. No. Treat it as only once. And the point is just, don't think it's asr, no, it's mutter, but it's not really a chayfa. So now we understand the... The source of the machlekes, where their shitas are based on. Second example is loyitama. A kohen typically does not engage in tumah, but a close relative, yes. Rishos, it's optional; he can do it. Divrei Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Kiva takes it a step further. Rabbi Kiva, I'm a chayva. My time at Rabbi Shmuel, where's Rabbi Shmuel coming from? I did the chesiv. The pasuk says, "Emar lekehanam bnei Aaron." V'mar atalim warned the kehanam. To refrain from a tumor. Whenever any tumor is asr, that's why the Torah needs to add. Well, the relative is different. There it's mutter. Not that it's chi, but it's mutter. Don't worry about becoming tummy to a relative. Rabbi Kiva says, no. It's more than that. Look, we find repetition. Once the Pasuk says, look, don't become tummy except for relatives. There you go. There's your heter. Why does the Pasuk have to repeat, go ahead and become Tameh to your relative? Apparently, to make it obligatory, to make it a chiv. Rabbi Shmuel, what does he do with this extra Pasuk? Tameh is telling you, he can only become Tameh to his relative when the relative is fully intact, a full guf. That justifies Tumah, as opposed to an incomplete mace. So if it's not a full mace, or it's an Eva Menachai, there's no head for Rabbi Kiva, how does Rabbi Kiva know that halacha? In came. If it's only to teach us that, the halacha that it has to be fully intact, look to Rahman Allah. Just say you can become, you know, tummy to a relative, law. Live the full guf. Belishta, you can stop right there. Why the extra word, yitama, lomali? Why is that needed? Shmamina, apparently, it's more than just a rishos, it's telling you a chayva. For Shmal, he responds. As we said before, sometimes the repetition is just agav urch on account of the extra chiddush, and the other wording just come along with it. I did the kas of law. Once the pasuk said law, kas of nami yitama, it just added the word yitama to go along with it, but it isn't necessarily teaching us something new. This is consistent. The tani derev shmuel, the tani derev shmuel kaparshas namer vanishnis. Whenever we have a repetition, sometimes you can't really delve into every word. Of that repetition. Next machlekes regarding owning an evet. You can do it. You don't have to. Rishos, Once you own the evet, there's an iser of releasing that evet. We're speaking about an evet knani, a non-Jewish slave. My time at the Rishmal. Where's the Rishmal coming from? Pasuk seems to say You have to hold on to them for long, for all time, without releasing them. So why does he say it's only Eberishus? I did You see, once the Pasuk tells us, when Yisrael entered Eretz Yisrael, don't leave any of the seven nations alive. So, who says you can actually 
purchase an Evid. That's why the Torah has to come back and say, no, it's, it's okay to own an Evid. And of course, we're not speaking about an ordinary, local, you know, native, a Kanani. You can't own him. Rather, we're speaking about a sort of a mixed marriage. To allow a case where you have a foreigner, a guy from another nation, outside of Israel, who came to live with a Kananis woman, and had a child, that son relates to his father. When it comes to the Goisha Yichus, it's all about the father. So he identifies with a non-Kanani as a father. Shata Rasha, the Knoisa, the Torahs allow you to purchase that son as a slave. The son has learned in a Brisa. How do we know that if in fact a foreigner came, Shabal Aknaz came to the Eretz uh, Kanan and got involved with a Kananis, and had a child, Shata Rasha, the Knoisa, that one could purchase that son as an Eved and own him as an Eved. That's what the Pasuk says like this. A fully local child is Asr. But, if his father came from elsewhere, that child relates to his father and is not considered a Kanani. So we have a man who typically follows, you know, goes to the uh, native city of the, of the, uh, the, mother's, the mother's hometown. Rashi Nivama says that. That's the derech of an ish to go live where the isha lives. It's actually a pasuk in the Torah, as my Rusa points out. He abandons his father and mother, so to speak, and he goes to live where his wife lives. So that seems to be the derech. And that's exactly what the pasuk is describing, that type of case. That you have bnei to shavim, hagorim imchem, That uh, this is a son of a dweller amongst you. It means the fellow came from elsewhere. The man came from elsewhere. He's not a Kanani. There's no din of Lesachayikul Nasham on him. He's living here now together with the Kananis. This Ben, this child, relates to the father, and you can own him. You can purchase from these. Uh, these people. So the Pasuk is needed. The Pasuk has to tell you that you can do it. Otherwise you would think, well, they say, Chayikul Nasham, he's a Knani. No. He's Mutter. What about the other way around? You have a Knani man. He went out to a different country. Got involved with an Isha from a different nation. They had a son. And now the father returned to Eretz Yisrael and the son followed him. What about that child? Perhaps I can purchase that child as well. No. It's only mutter. In the first case, where the foreigner came here and they had a child here. In that case, the child relates to his father. He's not a Kanani. Only ones who were born in your land. As opposed to the reverse situation. We have a Kanani man who went elsewhere to have a child and came back and brought that son with him. That son is a full Kanani because his father is as such. So, bottom line, we need the Pasuk of to allow one to purchase this uh, this son who's like a half a Kanani. He's Mutter. 
to be purchased as an Eved. So it's not a Chayva, it's just a Rishos to allow it. Rabbi Kiva responds, I understand, we need to, le- we need to learn that halacha, but we have two Psukim. We have the Pasuk you just mentioned. Right? Well, that's learned from the Pasuk you just mentioned. Why do we need, the question is, why do we need the other Pasuk? Why is that needed? That's a repetition, apparently. First Pasuk is to allow it, and the second Pasuk is coming. It's obligatory. Once you own the Ebed, you can't release it. Rabbi Shmuel responds, why do we need two Pasukim? The heter can be learned from mayhem. So what about loylam behem do the other pasuk? If it's not coming to teach you chayva, what then? Is it coming to teach? The answer is behem. You can enslave the guy. not your fellow Jew. So uh, an evad every a Jewish evad has to be treated with more uh, differently. Equally has equal treatment to the owner of the yid. Verakiva. Rakiva responds by saying, sure, we need to know that halacha, but that can be learned from a different pasuk. What to do with your fellow Jew, who's your Evid? That's learned from the next part of the pasuk. Pasuk reads, Be careful, don't treat him like the other Evid, like the Evid Knani. You can't enslave him like a regular Evid. So this idea is learned from that part of the Pasuk. Leaving the first part of the Pasuk, the words, extra words to teach us, it was a chayva to enslave the Evid Kanadi. No, what does Rabbi Shmuel do with this extra Pasuk? Rabbi Shmuel, like before, once the Torah wants to, you know, repeat to mention something extra, it just repeats the whole thing. I did the chsiv ba'achechem. Once the pasuk got into the idea of achechem, chsiv nami ba'hem. So it started with a reference to a regular eved to sort of draw that contrast. A regular eved, you can enslave him. Regular, but ba'achechem, your fellow Jew, you have to treat him as yourself. Look at the Tanah Deir Bishmol, right? The Tanah Deir Bishmol, called Parsha Shenemra Benishnis. When we have a repetition in the Parsha, Leinishnis Ela Bishvul Davish and Tzchalish Ba, there is a new lesson, a new detail being presented, and on account of that, more uh, you know language, flowery language can come along with that, but it isn't necessarily coming to teach us anything extra. So in summation, we have Machlokes between Rabbi Shmuel who says Rishus, Rabbi Kiva who says Chayva, and it pertains to three instances. Mekana li'ishtay. Tuma by the Kharayv of a Kayin. And lo'ilam behem tavoidu with the Ebed Kanani. Om Rav Chizda. Zenusa bebeisa. When there's inappropriate behavior, immoral behavior in one's home, ki kariya le'shumshuma. It's destructive to the fabric of that household. Like a kariya, like a a worm which eats away at the sesame seeds. It just eats away at the fabric of the whole family, the whole household. Likewise, if there's anger and tension in one's home, it has the same effect. It just destroys the fabric of the relationship. But in both instances, it's only a real concern if the woman is involved in these inappropriate behaviors because she's the one who really 
uh, keeps the house going. But if it's the man doing it, as terrible as it may be, but it doesn't have the same disruptive effect, less lumba. Initially, before Kleiswell got involved in Chet of Arayis, perhaps it's referring to the you know, place media there. So before that happened, Shechina's presence would be found in every Yid's home. In your home. Once they sinned, Chased away the Shechina, Shenemar, What happens if there's Erva, Veshav, Mecharecha, Hashem's Shechina will recede from you. If one does only one, even one mitzvah in this world, it's an eternal compliment. In the world to come, it will pave the way for you. It's going to herald your arrival, it's going to announce your coming, it's going to parade in front of you. Your righteousness will walk before you. If one commits an aver in this world, and wraps him by lechas lafanav yamadin, and goes before him to the yamadin. Shanamar yelofsu urchers darkam yalu besoyu vevedu. Their inappropriateness will wrap them and bring them to destruction. It's even more than that. It's wrapped with a person like a dog. You know, you feed a dog, it just just hangs around, you can't get it away from you. Likewise, the chet will be attached to the person. Shnamar, we find when Yosef Atzadik refused uh, the the Isha's nesayan there, v'leishama ilea lishkav esalias ima. He refused to be with her. Lias ima, the extra lashons referring to the uh, association loilam haba as well, because an avera just sticks to the person, and he kept away totally from the avera. Lishkav esla b'elamazeh. That's referring to the sin in this world, but the expression of Leah is ima. That's referring to the otherworldly association. Okay, back to Sait. It's not awesome. We have a Mishnah which makes reference to the halacha we learned yesterday. That you know we have the three stages, right? We have the kinoi, then we have stira, warning, then going into hiding, then we have hashka of the meisoit. Now what happens if the kinev is stira, if there is tumah? We learned before, even one aid is neman. He comes and tells us about an actual interaction as married with another man. If that occurred after kinev is stira, which presents the raglayim whatever, the firm you know basis for that suspicion, then even an aid echad is neman. Okay, we learn this from the pasuk. If the aid ain't ba, even one aid works in this case. But when it comes to Kino Yifestiro, there we need to aid him. At least according to Rabbi Shua yesterday. question is, why don't we compare? Tanan Hassan, listen to this Mishnah. Because we could use the following Limud to teach us otherwise. Look, since the uh, even the first Edus, meaning the Edus of Stira, the Edus which tells us that she went into hiding, that Edus doesn't have such a detrimental effect on the Isha. It's not a permanent Isser. It's only Isser until she goes and drinks and verifies her status. Still, even though it's not such a you know weighty you know, uh, and consequ- consequential 
event, Adam is Kaimas Papachas Mishnaim. You can only accomplish it with eight with two Adam. Less than two Adam doesn't work. So we need two Adam that you went into hiding. Certainly the Adas Achrena, the final Adas, meaning the Adas of Tumma, which actually has a more detrimental effect on the Isha Shaisar to Israelim. It makes a permanent Isra. Don't you think that we should need to aid him for that? Ainadin Shalaitaskaim Bhagas Mishnaim Tamalaim of Pasak. Even one aid is nam is Namun. The aid ain't book, call Shiesh, but any type of aid is nam. Now let's go backwards. Vakabachimer. Once this is an established fact that for Tuma one aid is enough, Vakabachimer the Aidas are Shaina Maata. Let's draw from here to Aidas of Stira. Uma Aidas Achroina. Shay Sarta is Oilum. If even the Aidas of Tuma, which is so consequential. One eight is, is enough for that. Certainly the Edus of Rishayna, the earlier Edus, the Edus of going into hiding, which does not have that same permanent effect on the Isha, of course, one eight should be enough for that. We have a Xero Shava that two Edus are needed in terms of Edus when it comes to these things. We have a man suspecting his wife of inappropriate behavior. He gives her a get. The Pasuk describes the experience as right? So we have the word Dover. We connect it to the word Dover in a different context. Also we have by financial matters. So facts can only be established by way of a proper Edus, two or three Edus. We connect it back to our Pasuk. Just as the word Dover. Hamar Lahalan, which is mentioned in the other context, is mentioned together with two Adam, Al Pishnaim Adam, Afkan there as well. In the Pasa of Kimotzab Erbas Davar, Davar is a reference to a situation where you have two Adam, Al Pishnaim. So now we know that you can only accomplish the Isra of Stira when you have two Adam. Asks the Gemara, why do we need a, a new Zera Shava? That learned from the Xerah Shava. We already had the Pasuk yesterday. By Tuma it says, One aid is believed, but Dafka, and here, in this case, only by Tuma, not by Kinoi. Then you need to aid them. Only by Tuma, one aid is enough. Not by Stira. Why do we need a new Xerah Shava today? Answers the Gemara, It's exactly what the Pasuk means, the Bryson meant. We know that. When there was kini vestira properly, followed by an aid of tuma, even one aid is believed. What about kini vestira? No, you need two aid. Why? Because of ba. Tamalay mar ba. Ba vale be kini. Ba vale vestira. When it comes to kini vestira, two aid are needed. So that's an established fact. The brisa wasn't really discussing that, so we misunderstood the brisa. The brisa now was proceeding to another avenue. For tuma ba alma, ba loikin, ba what if there was no kinoi, no stira, just out of the blue? An Eid comes and reports that an Isha was Mazami. The Mehem and Manola. How do we know that Eid is not believed? For that we need the Gzera Shava. Ne'amar Khan ki Matzah Badvar Ervas Dover. Here we have the word Ervas Dover. But Ne'amar Lahal and elsewhere we have Apishnaim Eidim, Apishlaish Eidim Yaakov Dover. We connect the two, we say Ma Dover, Ha'amar Lahalon. Edim. Eshnaim, just as Dover over there is in the context of two Edim, Afkan here as well, Kimots of Eras Dover is in the context of Edim Shnaim. Okay, so let's summarize today's daf. We are big on Chlekes. Hamekan al
and our Mishnah Tzim is that it's not something we recommend. Do it, you know, quietly, under wraps. Don't uh, make a whole big deal about it, which may create a scene and generate animosity and tension between the husband and wife. Whereas in today's daf, we have uh, two Tanoim who disagree. They hold that it's actually something recommended. Rabbi Shmuel says Rishus, Rakiva says Chayva, and the same Achlik as we have by the coin being Tomei to a relative, is it just optional or is it required? The same with owning an Evid Kanani, once you have him, can you just let him go? According to Rishmol, yes, according to Rakiva, there's a Chiv to hold on to the Evid. In fact, there's a Mitzvah say if one releases him, Gumar Bracha says that Rabbi was Meshachar Abdai, released his Evid Kanani. You know why? Because it was short a man. He only had nine men for the minion. So he was Meshachar the Evid, despite the fact that he's Ever Ba'asei, because the mitzvah of the minion, the mitzvah of the rabbim, overrode that concern. Chiddush and the Gemara and Brachas. We learned about the importance of maintaining purity in one's home, maintaining one, maintaining one's uh, equanimity, avoiding chaos uh, and tension and strife. We learned about the uh, beautiful experience of doing a mitzvah by the mazeh, and in contrast to the uh, avera experience. And then we learned, we concluded that when it comes to Kine Vestira, perhaps two Edim are needed. Tuma, which follows that experience, does not need two Edim, even one Edim is believed, but just out of the blue. An Edim of Tuma, one Edim is not enough. And that is learned through the Gzera Shava, Davar Davar, when it comes to these matters, it only works with a pair of Edim. All the best to you, Hatzlach Rava and Vesura Sefes.